everyone and welcome to my last podcast episode 163 i'm jack as always john back here see well we finally got to see it there it is australia i'll be damned <laughs> look <laughs> at this country you are gay <laughs> <laughs> what what other simpsons quote was i possibly gonna use yeah. uh yeah it was um it's Nice to be back in, just getting this in before KC goes away on holiday Saturday, you were? Yes. Nice one. Well, so this one probably won't be a long one, but we need to do one just before uh, we'll open with the easiest thing to do it with. Uh, new hunk, it's out. Shock, it's white. It's, I'd, as a ranking system since we've been promoted, I don't think it's as good as the first season, but I think it's better than last season's. I quite like it. I, I think it's all right. Tough to yeah. top the first one because it was all I ever wanted, especially with an Adidas kit of just mm. white with blue stripes. Yeah, no, it was a good kit. Um, I quite like the keeper kit, to be honest, the black one. Mm. Wait, yeah, so that one should be all right. Although, weirdly, it's not out until late August. I think they're saying supply chain issues. Um, but that seems just like an odd time to be releasing a kit. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'll buy it at some point, probably. Or one of the OA ones. Yeah. Well, that I mean, it isn't released yet, but it's pretty much everywhere that it's yellow, isn't it? The I hope OA so. One. I like the yellow yeah. ones. I think we saw I think I saw someone when we were at Blackpool in the uh the yellow was it ninety six, ninety seven away shirt, the, the Packard Bell one that oh, you yeah. could hardly wear. That is the problem with our away shirts, that with the yellow away shirts. It's a struggle to actually wear them, but I do like them. Yeah. Well, you just get eaten alive by bugs, amongst other things. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, right, we'll, we'll come on to the game last, because that's probably the thing we'll have most to say about, even though we won't have loads to say about that. This will be a quick one. But, you know, big transfer news. We knew it was coming. It was always... It was always going to happen, and now it finally has happened. Elia Capriel has gone to Bari. Yeah, I, I mean, you've got to assume that uh, Van der Herbel is is now a clear third choice, and uh, you know he's not had to worry. Capriel was out on loan last season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at um, ah, somewhere. I don't even remember somewhere in Serie C, and did quite well by all accounts. But it was Italy. It was probably somewhere nice. Yeah, so he's gone to Bari. Um, you say Van der Hervel, but they've took Harry Christie, haven't they? Yeah, to Australia. True. So I, I wonder if they've taken, like, you know, when they've they've taken him to to games, and, and it's basically him and the goalkeeping coach working with, uh, working with the the two goalkeepers. I wonder if they've taken yeah. him in that regard still. Hmm. Like, no, you just, you don't get to play. You can you can come, but you're not playing. Uh, the, before we even get into the game, it's worth mentioning that uh, Melier didn't play today and they were at pains to say, no, he just wasn't playing this one. He'll be playing in the next one. Don't worry. Because Twitter nearly exploded. Uh, oh, and there is a slight other transfer thing that still technically isn't confirmed. But Rafinha is like in Barcelona, has taken pictures in the shirts and everything. But there still hasn't actually been, has completed a transfer. Yeah, I, I assume that nothing will be announced until the the money hits Leeds United's account. For, 
because uh, as much as it's nice that we are getting the money up front, um, given the financial difficulties, and yet they're doing this transfer and trying to sign Lewandowski for a similar fee, despite having no money. Well, the thing is, it isn't that they've got no money. It's that they've got no room in the financial fair play and stuff. They've just sold, they've just mortgaged off a load of their TV rights and stuff, haven't they? So they have actually got some cash. Yeah, they're just not allowed to spend it. But obviously, as we know, mortgaging off future TV rights and things like that always works out well. Yeah, I I suppose if we'd have done that, having been in the Champions League for four years straight, it might have been a bit more comfortable. It was, we've qualified for the Champions League once since, you know, 1992. Let's bank everything on it. Yeah, this is now just... Put it all on double zero. (laughs) So it's about 55 million and there's a few... Well, it depends where you believe. There's like... Euros wise, fifty five. I've seen. I've seen fifty eight. Yeah, I think and a few add ons. Not to be passing off second hand information, but we don't have sources, so it's always second hand information. Uh, on the Phil Hay show earlier today, what was it? Fifty eight plus eight. Uh, oh, like I, I haven't had a chance to listen to the Phil Hay show yet. Today, so yeah, so. It, but it cut. It turns out in pounds to be about fifty. Just I think it's like just a shade over fifty million plus an extra mm. five. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, we would have got a bit more off Chelsea, but I think it's worth that bit of extra money for him to not go to Chelsea. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is, given the rebuilding job that that, that we're doing, that yes, we probably have passed up. I'd say about, you know, I'm going to go about ten to seventeen million extra. We probably could have got across his and and Phillips's transfers. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the price of getting the cash up front to make yeah. these signings now. Whereas I think over, you know, if they were paid over the length of a four or five year deal, you probably do get that extra money. But it, it's not really what we need right now. Now, um, so the question we were feeding you because he is gone basically. It will be confirmed in the next day too, surely. Um, how sort of big of a legacy does he leave at Leeds? Because he's only been here a couple of years and won at years, there was no one there. But I'm, I'm he gonna was put, very I'm gonna, big. I'm going to put him in the same category as Jimmy Hasselbank. Because mm. again, here for two years, looked angry most of the time, scored some great goals, um, became an international while they were with us. Mm. Like I think in terms of, there's quite a few similarities there, but um, hasn't left into... in, hasn't left in quite the same level of throwing his toys out the prom way. Yeah, I mean, having heard interviews with him and others later on, it, it probably was somewhere more in the middle than when PR Pete was saying he was demanding <laughs> eighty grand a week, which was unheard of money in football <laughs> at that point. Um, but no, you know. It's it's probably tough to say that certainly in my lifetime as a Leeds fan, he is probably technically the best player I've ever seen for us up there with he who shall not be named. Yeah, in terms of a technical footballer, he is right right up there, isn't he? 
but I mean, he's been brilliant. And I suppose you do, you come in two years, do well and move on for a load of money. That's pretty good. It's never going to be the same as someone who plays for you for like eight years in terms of a legacy, but it is. He will leave and everyone will still like him. No, and ultimately, especially last season with, with the players that were missing, he was pretty much a constant last season. He was one of the few that never really had any time out of the team, if I remember rightly. I don't think he ever missed more than a game here or there. He had a couple of injuries, but nothing... I mean, he was out for a little bit after Fernandinho tried to take his leg off. Hmm. Uh, and he got injured against Wolves, didn't he, in the game where we scored, where Joffrey won that penalty in the last minute. Yeah. So he had a few, but nothing... Compared to those around him, he was the... <laughs> <laughs> he was the picture of health. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, it it's that thing now of it's upsetting to lose him, but he, you know... I don't begrudge anyone wanting to move to Barcelona, having just been in a team that's just survived relegation. Especially uh, someone who clearly is kind of... It's like you can tell that the following where Ronaldinho went mad. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Well, um, yeah, Aren't the family's friends and stuff? He had that thing on his shirt that time, didn't he? And... Yeah, he did. He's a troublesome character now, as Ronaldinho. <laughs> Yeah, you know how it's very difficult to get. It's something, something legal reasons, something, something passport, something, something. Leave it there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, like he he will go down as a as a very important player for us. Certainly had a fantastic first season, and then last season scored some very important goals. Yeah, it's like Scott here saying great, great set for two years, but to watch, but no real legacy. Legacy is just the phrase that I was going for. But what legacy is, can be what any- is a legacy. Legacy can be anything. I would argue Michael Brown left a legacy. He left stud prints. Like, and that legacy was me never, ever, ever wanting to watch him <laughs> kick a football again. But you know, it, as I, I just, you don't get many players who do who were able to just leave and everyone still likes them. And it's, you, you can't begrudge him the move at all, but it, no. you know, it's like if, if Calvin Phillips had ended up leaving for Aston Villa, yeah. you'd have been looking going, come on now, Cal, like what are you doing here, pal? Mm. But you know, that those, those are two players who have moved to two of the, of the biggest clubs in the world. Two of the most successful, um, and in the case of Rafinha, has has no tie to us. You know where yeah. what his uh, Barcelona's now his fourth club. Uh, well, sport sport. It's the fourth one in Europe. I'm yeah. guessing that there was ones before Sporting. Well, there was before Sporting, but I don't I know what they are. Yeah, <laughs> of course you assume it's Caxias because he has an Italian passport. Yeah, I see. Um, um, so, yeah, so, you know, he, he's and he's he's following the blueprint now that a lot of, especially, you know, South American players do of coming across and using the clubs as stepping stones. And mm-hmm. as much as it hurts at times to to think of Leeds as as one of those clubs, that that's kind of where we are now. Like yeah. if we want to attract players of his quality, 
we also have to go in knowing that we are probably going to lose them in two to three years' time. But that that's where the big difference is between like Rafinha level of moving on and Phillips. Phillips was going to be unless he went to Man United. Phillips was going to be liked wherever he went. Mm. If Rafinha had gone to Chelsea, he'd have probably got booed back at Ellen Road. It'd have hurt. It wouldn't have been a <laughs> like because I don't think he was going for the like at no point did I think he's leaving for the money. No. Like it's it's a clear progression in his career that he's moving on to an established an established Champions League club. But God, it would have hurt. Yeah, it just stung. So, um, obviously, they've gone out to Australia. Didn't take Rafinha for obvious reasons. They didn't take Thurpo because he's injured. Because it's not enough that Thurpo has been a bit of a bomb scare. He's also injured all the time. Uh, and Yelda's injured as well now. Um, but the I suppose the interesting omissions from the squad list were Shackleton, who it had already sort of broke. He was probably going to Millwall. But that they haven't taken bait pretty much nails on that he's going out on loan. Which, yeah, given the signings, Bate needs the loan move. He needs he needs the football at this point. You know, we, we kind of speculated with um, Giabi coming in mm. that that was also the, the sign that he was going to go out on loan because I, I think he is, as I know we got relegated, but probably even more so now that the, the under-23s got relegated, that I think he's probably too good for that to mm. just be playing for them week in, week out. Um, yeah. And who else wasn't in the squad? Noah Helda Costa, who I actually forgot we still had until that very second that I said that sentence. I wonder if Jesse Marsh has actually watched him at all, or if he just went straight into the twenty threes or the oh yeah, the other fifteens or something. Because yeah. height wise, he'll blend in. He'll just um, be a kid. He'll he'll be trading with the kids. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Bate goes. We'll come on to Jabby more because he was a a bit. He was one of the more interesting things about this game. So uh, you actually got to watch it then. We both did. I was. I, there's a couple of bits where I wasn't paying as close attention because work got busy. Uh, Leads to Brisbane Raw one. Um, it's the sort of result I, you want in a you know in a competitive cup final like this was. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a final. <laughs> It's the groove stage. It was only to, if it was a draw, it would have gone to penalties. Oh, are they, are they doing like are they doing it? Well, they've already organised the games. Is it like two points for a win on pens? Oh God knows. Because they quite often do stuff like that. Started well because we're balling now after about twenty seconds. That bit I did miss. Uh, we, I got I got it about seven minutes in. Yeah, uh, pressed won it high up the pitch. Uh, Aronson sets off on a run. Gellart looks to play him in, goes, oh, Aronson's clearly offside, gives it to Dan James. Dan James then looks up to play it across for Aronson, who is still offside. Uh, and it just never... It wasn't a very intelligent run, to be honest. Uh, taps it into an empty net. It was a decent enough move, but he was offside. To be honest, the first half, it was... Leeds were very, very, like, very comfortable with the best side. Uh, Dan James's goal put us one of the up, which was a really good goal. Good first time pass from Forshaw gets him in at right inside at box, smashes it in at the near post. Yeah, nice, nice strike, a little bit of outside with a right foot to get it in the corner. But mm. it's the sort of chance that if I'd have seen that in a Premier League match, I wouldn't have backed him to take. Yeah, well, it's so weird because he had that. I mean, the one against Villa, 
I know obviously he got the header where he, you know, giant man that he has got on the end. But like between the first goal and the one he hit the bar with, those were like really uh, one really good finish and one really good effort. And you're like, oh, maybe he's finally getting some confidence from the goal. And then every other game he went back to normal. What I want, like now. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, even in this, in the in the build up for the second goal, he he has the ball in a fairly similar position. And I would love to ask him now whether he was drilling it to the back post, going for goal, pulling it back, whichever one it was. But he seems to drag this shot that fortunately I think goes to, to Gelhart's feet. But that absolutely was not where that ball was meant to go. No, I think he was trying to drill it across goal rather than shoot, but he didn't catch it right. We might as well go into a second goal, drags it across, goes to Gelhart who runs over the ball and back heels it to the edge of the box, even though there was no need to do it because, because he's he fun can. like that. Uh, recycled back out to Dan James, and it is a really good cross. Uh, but, you know, into a really good area, you're there going, right, that's a chance if you've got someone like Bamford on. But Gellart gets up like he's six foot three and powers a header, and it's a great header. Yeah, and... it's kind of surprising seeing him. He's not small, but he's not someone you expect to be winning headers there, but he gets he gets the run on the defender, doesn't he? He's, mm. he's got a couple of yards to work with. He just gets up really well. Yeah, and that was a that was a really good goal. We we did play some nice stuff right the way through, I thought. Like, you know, it wasn't outstanding or anything, but it was pretty solid. Uh the I suppose the interesting team selection thing you would say was uh, Jack Harrison at left back. Yeah, after the after the Blackpool game, there'd been Marsh had, had mentioned Leaf Davis fairly positively afterwards, so I was a little bit surprised he he didn't start. But um, he has also mentioned that he does have other players you could play there, like Strike or or like Jack Harrison. Um, and I suppose in a friendly, it doesn't really matter who starts. You would say Harrison got 45, Davis got 45. So it's, you know, you'd probably give the edge to the one that's starting, but it's a bit too soon to tell. I thought Harrison did fine. I mean, I suppose he didn't really have any defending to do, did he? No, I, I, there's one point where they, they get in behind and he seems to be about seven, eight yards out of position, I think, but it was fairly comfortably dealt with. Um, I would say that that happened to all the defenders when whenever they hit a ball over the top, because our yeah. full, our, our wing backs were pushing on and we did get caught a few times by that pass. There's, there's one point where they played a ball out to sort of towards our right back position, and it's Rodrigo who's there doing the defending while Christensen recovers. Mm. Which, oh God, this is a, a worrying situation. Yeah, we were a bit vulnerable to that. I mean, obviously, it's never going to be the, it's never going to be a finished product at this point. But like, for instance, I couldn't say that we looked as good in this as we did against Blackpool, barring a couple of the players. Like, I think Gelhart looked really good. Again, I don't think it changed over him. I thought Dan James did as well. Uh, he looked a lot more comfortable actually being back in close to his position. Yeah, I, th I think it suits, and, and I think. I think with two sort of central or with more central attacking players, I think it is something he could probably adapt to. Mm. Um, 
I know he had some decent moments, but he's not the player you want leading the line. And, and, and again, you, you get the bonus of occasionally he'll get him behind, but I don't think that's good enough to, to justify him as, as your central striker. Um, the early sub, because uh, each of these got for half an hour, because we we had three wingers who all took, got half an hour. But after half an hour, Sinistera came on for James. And I was like, oh, this should be interesting. He looked well and, pleased. And it is a good job that I don't read anything to, into friendlies, because he was not very good. <laughs> like, he at all. He was pumped <laughs> up to be there at the... Um... I can't remember the name of the stadium. The C something stadium. It was Super Stadium. The super something stadium. the something Super Stadium. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, the C bus Super Stadium. Nah, it's not <laughs> as good as the B bus. No. Um, yeah, he was enthusiastic. Mm. So he was, he was as good as Luke Varney. Yeah, there were some moments where him and Harrison threatened to link up, but they, then just the pass was massively <laughs> overhit or something like that. Really, obviously, I'm not. I saw it described on Twitter as Jimmy Kebbe esque, like it, it wasn't good. And I think I was about to say that's harsh, but I just likened him to Luke Varney, and, and that's that's the same season. Yeah, obviously, I'm not. I would expect it to improve from here. I, he's only just got there. I can't really bring it into out. it, but. Turns out he's a one-season wonder. All that work in the Eredivisie and the Europa Conference League, it was just a one-off. Yeah. Um, loads of changes at half-time, uh, and Juventus came on for Cock on the hour mark. Somerville came on for Sinistera on the hour mark. Uh, Bamford for Gellhart. Uh, the just, other... Was it Strike they... and Klaassen that played a full 90? Yeah, they were the only ones. So that I'm guessing Strike... I'm guessing Strauch probably won't play the next one. Hmm. Um, the other very short amount of play, which does suggest that it's because they haven't been there long, is uh, Tyler Adams came on at half-time and went off on 80 minutes for Gray. And if I was picking out a second worst player on the pitch after Sinistera, it'd probably be Tyler Adams. <laughs> I thought it was very, very ineffective. I think it... But I also want to say at the same time, but that's because I thought Darko Jabi was really, really good. That's one of the things I completely missed in us signing him. Buyaka Buyaka, six foot five. Yeah, well, actually, uh, I was I was saving this thing. Uh, Scott Scott T again. This is just saying one thing I like is we've signed some players that aren't, that aren't dwarves and actually seem to have a little bit of physicality. But thinks Bates a little bit small. Well, Bates is a little bit small, and I realised that Darko Jabi was a big lad. He's a bigger lad than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it, I tell you what, it really made him easy to pick out on the pitch, though, because with the grainy footage that I was watching, having uh, having decided not to shell out for LUTV coverage, I I did, and I shouldn't have. We're getting up for my money. Yeah, I mean, I was watching coverage provided by Eleven Media anyway, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he did quite well. It's very typical of. I, pre-season though even though it's essentially a new 11 for the most part anyway it just lost a lot of fluidity in the game yeah. they, they made a lot of changes as well um, I, mean, I don't I don't think we even mentioned their goal that they got back just before half time but it was a counter attack without play 
shot blocked by Strauch and it fell perfect for him. But in the second half, to be honest, I thought Brisbane were... We still looked the better team in terms of in possession and stuff, but they actually had the better chances and should have equalised in the last minute. Yeah, could have taken it to penalties, which I kind of wanted, to be honest, just for the drama. Yeah. Um, the Cody drama. Yeah, I, I can't remember his name, so I'm just going to call him John O'Shea that I think got the goal and he, he J- stayed up. Well, he didn't get the goal because I think that Knowles got the goal, but Jay oh, O'Shea. Yeah. Jay O'Shea, who I think used to play at Chesterfield with Liam Cooper. Yes, they, they did mention that. And uh, yeah. and Zheng Ji is the China captain. Yeah. Uh, those are two things I have learned through commentary. Um, But no, I, it's it's the thing of pre-season. I, I really don't look into it. Whereas I look into the first half and think, yeah, we're, we're going to win the league this year. But um, mm. second half. No, you can't. You can't take anything from that. It's preseason. Yeah, that's it. That that for me in the second half was the most interesting thing. In the first half, although Locker looks better than Forshaw, they were both picking up the ball and trying to dictate play from deep. Whereas in the second half, it was just Jabby doing it, and Tyler Adams was just there. Uh, he did seem to have plenty of energy to run around and press, but like it, it wasn't the most auspicious of starts for him. Yeah, I wonder if it'd be interesting actually because I think we spoke before about possibly which you know which central midfielders will sort of naturally play a, a deeper role. Um, last time, and I, I having watched that, I, I'm still not entirely sure because we you know we've gone from the Blackpool game where for the most part it was it was rocker. Who kind of defaulted to the deeper one and, and spreading passes, and then you've got Forshaw, who maybe more because of his mobility at this point, he gravitates to doing that, and um, and whether Tyler Adams will kind of become our box to box midfielder. Well, in theory, that's his strength that he mm. can really get up and down. Um, but yeah, I mean the one that's. You know, it, the results don't matter really, but you'd rather the one, and they did, which was good. Uh, we have a, a couple of messages. They've watched again. Somerville, Locker, Cock, and James all looking really sharp, and Gallout's quality again from Mate of ours, Alex Benison. Can I, can, I uh, question, can I question the placements of Rocker and Cock? Yeah, I, 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 I maybe I, have moved those around in the sentence. What, because I cock Rocker? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, Somerville, I thought, looked lively, but he didn't quite manage to get... He, there was no end product of it. He just looked lively today. But I was just glad to see him involved, and it sounds like he's getting a new contract, which I'm very happy about because I really do rate him. And Gellart's getting one as well. And uh, Brad Carrot saying that Leif Davis definitely isn't the answer at left-back. Uh, and I've left this to now because Jesse Marsh has now said that we are looking for a left-back after Furpo's injury. We really have to, don't we? Um, you know, there's no knowing what state Stuart Dallas is going to come back in. I don't want Harrison to be the default left back, you know, of default backup. And with Leif Davis, it's I don't want us going to the season with someone who managed what was it, seven starts in the championship last season and, and couldn't get into 
that Bournemouth team mm. um, to then become someone who might have to play the first four weeks of the season. You know, it's it's not an ideal position to come in. You know, to be going into. Now, uh, if I was betting right now, uh, Cooper left centre back, Strout left back on the opening day of the season. If I was betting right now as to what would happen, I think it's a very ill-timed injury for Yelda. Uh, just getting mm. this little knock because he is out there, isn't he? He just hasn't. He just didn't play in this one because I think that he was probably the favourite to end up. It's, with it's a tough. It's a tough one with him because the the, the couple of games that he's played, um, what has he got injured at Everton? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there um, was, and I think he played. Did he play in the three-two win against West Ham? Uh, yeah, because both him and Bate came on in that. Because um, that was uh, the thing that they'd like never played a league game and became in and did so well. Yeah. Um, again, from the bits I've seen of Yelda, like, and I've, I've not that I watch a lot of the twenty-threes, but I've seen more of him there. And I think long term, I, I prefer him as as the centre back. Mm. But um, see, I think he looked all, he did look all right against Everton when he was at left back there. But that might have also well, been because of how bad we looked generally in that game. Yeah, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard it from several places. Like, so it might have even come from Phil Hay or something like that. Originally, I don't know. It could just be some bollocks that went round. But before he got the injury against Everton, he was apparently like in line to start against Man United. It, won't, it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Because, I mean, around that time, Dallas is, is being shifted from pillar to post. Yeah, so well, I think Furbo was like just back from injury as well. Mm. So I think he was in line to start. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a solid win. I can't actually remember when the next friendly is, but it's... Is it Sunday at like half five in the morning or something? Yeah, I believe so. I won't be watching um, that. I might. I might because I think I've got to start work at about half seven anyway. So I might get up early and just watch it before work. I mean, but that depends on how Saturday goes. I mean, I'll be in Spain, so it'll be a, a half six kickoff for me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get up any earlier still. Yeah, get up, get on the beers. None of that sounds like me. Yeah, that's true. None of it does Getting sound like Getting up on beers. And there is one last question from uh, Jack Field. Who would win in a scrap? Rasmus or Pontus? Ooh. Um, Rasmus Christensen, because Pontus is a big lad, but I don't actually think he's a fighter. No. Given... He's, he's, he's a fighter in terms of effort on the pitch, but I think if it actually came I... to a scrap... I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a fighter. Yeah, I think he loves to be involved in a in a <laughs> in a group tussle, but one v one. Yeah, he did go down very softly a, a number of times to Pontus. Yeah, my my money would be on Christensen in that. He's got I think mad, that... he's got the mad haircut for it as well. Yeah, but uh, I, d- I don't want to. I don't want to accredit it to a, a certain political persuasion, but. No, well, uh, someone did that as a joke and people got like annoyed with him and thought that it was the worst tweet they've ever seen because I don't think they realised he was kidding. Yeah. 
all it was was that picture and uh, noticing that the first three players on our team sheet all began with K. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, I don't friend the podcast Middleton Raswood paste him. I think you're right, Jason, mate. So yeah, um, this one we knew was going to be short, and it was. Uh, KC's away for a week, so I think it'll be like probably like a week on Monday slash Tuesday. Something like that. Yeah, unless something mad happens, because I will have my laptop with me. Yeah, like if if we actually sign CD UK, as I'm now calling him, <laughs> uh, then, you know, maybe we'll jump on for 20 minutes or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think that will do us. So have you got all to add, Casey? No, I, th- I think we kind of covered there. Nice one. Well, I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.